we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, uh, Chapter 22. This is called Elements of Material Creation. Uh, we had done till verse 40. I will recap the verse 40 for you. O most charitable Uddhava, what is called birth is simply a person's total identification with the new body. One accepts the new body just as one completely accepts the experience of a dream or a fantasy as reality. We had ended over here last time. So every time when a person takes up a new body, he is just changing his shirt. You are, every day when you change your clothes, we take up new bodies. Body is nothing but a cloak, a cloak which we put on ourselves. The idea about ourselves is very unique. So today when I get a chance I will explain this idea about ourselves, the self, so on. So we had completed text 40. So today we are starting Elements of Material Creation, Chapter 22, Canto 11, Part 2, Srimad Bhagavatam, Verse 41. Just as a person experiencing a dream or a daydream does not remember his previous dreams or daydreams, a person situated in the present body, although having existed prior to it, thinks that he has only recently come into being. It's a simple verse which will tell you that when you put on a new body, you actually don't remember what you were doing in the past body. That means there were various bodies that you had taken. There is no idea what you did then or what you are going to do in the future. Suppose there is going to be a body ahead of time, you will have absolutely no idea. I have explained to you all before why is this so important. It's only in rare cases that a man or a woman remembers what they were doing in their past life. Till that time nobody remembers. Sometimes, very rare instance. Now, if I were to remember, what would be the problem? Just think about it. Now let us say, you are born in India, but prior to this, you were in some other country. You would have ownership of that place. Now in this body, how would you experience the ownership of that place? Assuming that you remember your past life. Maybe the language that you remember is Swahili. Do you know how big a disconnect it is going to be? Here you are speaking Kannada, Tamil, Hindi, Marathi, whichever other language and suddenly you start spouting Swahili. It's going to be a big disconnect for everybody around you. Think again in that life you were a man and now you are a woman. And the man who was there with you know today the Man who is there with you was a woman in the past life and you have switched. So that person was a husband, was a wife, whichever way, and then reversed out. It is going to create a lot of problems. The association, it is said, the association with one individual spans for seven lives. 
seven. And that is the reason why in India they say you celebrate certain festivals or you do some vratas. Vratas is you say that I want to do certain activities which will help me get the same husband or get me same wife, whatever. The husband doesn't do it for the wife, incidentally. The wife has to do it for the husband. So it is always the other way around. So what happens over here? Imagine having the same person in your life for seven lives. The worst part of it all is, it is not necessarily that that individual will have a reverse of it. It may be that, imagine, just think, there was a father, now he has become a mother. Oh my God, it's going to create so many problems in your life. Just imagine the amount of problems that you may have to undergo. And that is the reason why it is extremely important not to bother about this. And that is the reason why your memory is disconnected. It is completely shut down. It is better it is shut down. Right? Many a times we feel that, you know, we have missed out on a lot of things. In your last life you were a poor, a pauper, a very poor person. And in this life, you have become a multimillionaire. Would you like to experience even one day of that life? No, you don't want to. You really don't want to. Maybe in the previous life, you were in jail 25 years. Do you want to experience that? No. Nobody wants to experience sadness or horrible life. Something which is full, full of problems. Everybody wants to experience the goodness. Everybody wants to experience rich, good, fine, nice, you know, those kind of things. We want happiness all the time. Nobody wants sadness. Maybe you are in a drought-prone country where there is no water. Would you like to experience that? No. This is the reason why there is no memory of your past lives. There is no idea but the database exists in the form of prarabdha karma sanchit karma prarabdha is the one which you have come to spend in this life and sanchit means accumulated there is a huge amount of accumulated karma so just as a person is experiencing a dream or a daydream does not remember his previous dreams or daydreams a person situated in his present body, although having existed prior to this, things that he has only recently come into being. Everybody experiences that they have come into being right there and then. You know, this idea that coming into being right there and then is a very good one. Otherwise, let us say you had a nightmare. You know, to remember that nightmare is a very bad thing. You will be scared. You will have your problems. That is the reason why it is important not to remember. So we will move to the next one. Because the mind, which is the resting place of the senses, has created the identification with the new body, the threefold material variety of high, middle and low 
class appears as if present within the reality of the soul. Thus the self creates external and internal duality just as a man might give birth to a bad son. Let me repeat the verse once again. Because the mind which is a resting place of the senses has created the identification with the new body. The threefold material variety of high, middle and low class appears as if present within the reality of the soul. Thus the self creates external and internal duality just as a man might give birth to a bad son. The first line I will explain to you. What does the first line say? The first line says because the mind which is a resting place of the senses has created the identification with the new body. How does the sense, whichever senses that you take, how does it work with the mind and how does it identify with the new body? Let us look at it from the perspective of a, a bird. Now when you were a bird, what is it that you are looking for? You are looking for worms, isn't it? Are you looking for any other thing? You are looking for small creatures, worms, to eat. You are not going to identify with any other thing. You are only focused in your world for that. So even if, even if you are circling high above, you are focused on, okay, can I get something to eat? Can I get something to eat? You are not going to have, you know, a place where you will store grains or store those worms or store something. As a human being, you are going to do that. But as a bird, no, you don't store anything. You may carry it in your beak for the young one, but you are not going to store anything for yourself. So they don't have storehouses. They don't have a kitchen. They are not going to cook anything. Imagine a bird is cooking. Okay, it doesn't work like that. So, you can cook the bird, but the bird is not cooking anything. This is what, how does the sense, senses is something that you see, hear, touch, feel, you know those kind of things. How does it connect with the mind? The mind is focused in some object. Through the senses, through the senses, the mind is focused on an object. Right? Now, if you are seeing your cell phone, right? Now, if you are seeing your cell phone, how do you see it? You will use your eyes. If the volume is on, if the sound is on, then you will hear some things. With your finger you may turn it, you may have a smartphone, you will be turning the pages, going up and down, sideways, right, left, whichever way. This identification of that object inside is carried through the eyes. Now, people have this idea that processing doesn't happen too much in the eye. Unfortunately, that is wrong. The organ the sense organ that is there, whichever sense organ that is there, is processing a lot of information. 
in your eye you can see the color you can notice the object it's an object it's a color everything is in a particular manner so you can identify the color you can identify the shape the size everything now let us say i am holding an apple in my hand i am looking at that fruit it is red in color it is luscious my eyes are circling around it and what else is happening my eyes have identified it as an apple why is it important that you have to go to the brain to get the identification then come back and so on and so forth the identification is literally like a reaction which happens right there on the spot bang you have you have the idea that is an apple where does the mind come into play and this image reaches mind the question will arise where is the mind you know when the westerners when they talk of the mind they will show the place over here the entire western civilization those who speak english or those who speak those foreign languages they will say oh my mind is over here in india we have a word for mind that word is man okay we do not say man we say man we point towards our heart somewhere in the middle of the body and we say this is my man so how is it that the mind has shifted from here to here it has not shifted at all you are only identifying it in some place it's a location it's like i say an equator is there ha huh? tropic of cancer tropic of capricorn no this is the identification of that line in our body we are identifying the mind over here but i can't call it mind i will have to call it man and when the westerners speak they call it over here what is over here is called processing organ the brain is a processor so if i have to point at the computer do you think i'm going to go inside that box and say oh this is the mind do you think that is what i'm going to say processor i'm not going to point out to an intel processor saying that oh intel inside i'm not going to say that i will just look at the entire piece and say call it a computer a laptop so if i look at the screen even if there is a what we call as a screen you know where you see the things going on that is i just say oh i am seeing in my computer you are pointing towards another object but is that the computer you will say oh the computer is com- comprising of the chip no the whole thing is a computer likewise this entire body from top to bottom is a mind the mind is not here neither is it over here so remember mind is not in one place it is distributed all over the place equally 
So when I see with my eye, there are neurons inside. You know neurons, those who understand science will say neurons, nerve cells, you know, nerve. So those neurons are processing. Something is happening over there. There is a database created there. A database. <coughs> Sorry. This database is gathering information. It keeps the information to itself. Some of it is distributed to the main network inside. So the mind stores this information. I was at a point where I said the I has seen that apple. Why is the mind important? First, identification. Second, what should I do with it? What do I do with this apple? I'll open my mouth, I'll start eating. So did you see the action involved? Involves another portion of an organ. That is called mouth. So apple, mouth. In between, mind. So did you see how mind has come into play? Mind is important for me to take certain decisions. Cognition happens in the eye, in the organs. Okay? But activity, remember this, activity starts in the mind. There is an instance which I will tell you. Activity starts in the mind. How does it start? There are scandals going on all over the world. Now new people have come into play. Just imagine. There is a person who has gone to the party. He has clarity in his mind. What is the clarity? There is this beautiful lady and I am going to sleep with her. He has already decided in his mind. The physical action happens much later. Physically, he sleeps with that lady much later. But when a person is going to the bar, to the restaurant, to the house, or in most of the places they say, Can I come for a cup of coffee? What do you mean by can I come for a cup of coffee? Stay straight away. I want to have with you. That's what they are talking about. So it's already decided in the mind, yes, I want to sleep with this person. Anybody who says that they have not decided are telling lies. So please understand this. This is something which they have already decided on. We think the physical action is the starting point of karma. No. The thought itself is karma. When you have committed the thought in your mind that I am going to do this with this person, it is karma. You have already performed the karma. Physical action is the culmination of that thought. 
isn't the thought which drives a person to do certain actions? You know, when people say, I'm going for a holiday. What are they talking about? Enjoyment. Isn't that what they're talking about? They're talking about enjoyment. In which form? Drinking. Going around here and there. Sleeping. Sex. These are the things they have already decided on when they are talking about going for a holiday. So the action is already performed the moment you thought about the holiday. You may say, why is this? Why is it like this? Why has action happened? Do you know there is something which is called intention? The word intention is extremely important. What are the intentions? So intention. There may be no action. But just an intention will drive that action. Think. I want you to think very, very carefully. How does intention drive the action? What does intention do for you? Intention pushes you towards that action. Pushes you. You know the rape case which happened in Delhi? That young girl which got raped? By those five, six guys in this bus, it became such a big case and she died later on. The intentions were very, very clear. This is what I am going to do to this person. Think, if you are a woman and if a man is looking at you in a particular manner, you definitely say, na, he is looking at me lustily. Don't you say these words? Do you like that action? Somebody is leering at you. Somebody is leering, uh, looking like that. Do you like that action? No. If that person is performing that action, would you like to go and give him two tight slaps? Yes, maybe. That is an action which is motivated. Even an action which is performed in the mind comprises of a karma. Please understand this. This is an extremely important statement. What does spirituality tell you? It tells you nishkam karma which I explained. Karma which does not fructify any into any further karma or where the mind doesn't come into play so it is a mindless thing mindlessness why are we so much emphasizing on mind if there is something that is done without any mind in play it is a natural action how do the birds and the animals live? The birds and the animals or even machines, how do they survive in this world? They are just doing actions but it is mindless action. 
A mindless action doesn't involve thought processes. If there is no thought process, there is no karma. What does a person do in meditation? And what does a person do? One who is a spiritual spiritualist of the highest order. There is nothing happening in their mind. They have become completely devoid of that state of mind. And that's the most beautiful thing to do. Practicing this state of mindlessness is extremely important. Naturally occurring actions do not constitute karma. But the next term which the Buddhists talk about is called mindfulness. Mindfulness is a motivated action. I am fully into that action. If I am eating food, my mind is only in the food. I am mindful of what I eat. So what do I do? I take a spoonful of that particular item, I put it in my mouth and I chew it very nicely. It is called mindful action. Does mindful action institute karma? 100%. When I am chewing the food, I know what I am chewing. I am very clear in my mind what I am doing. Now you will say, but that is what is required. So I will tell you something. A rapist is mindful of raping. Do you like this statement? I am sorry, you don't like this statement, no? Why? He is mindfully raping. So the word mindfulness is not correct. Mindfulness 100% constitute action. You are motivated by an object. You are intently observing something. I am mindful of something. That is not a done thing. Mindful is not correct. What is important is no mind status. <coughs> Sorry. No mind status. Just imagine. How does this no mind status work? I see an apple. My eye sees an apple. It is okay. While I am passing by, I see an apple. I pick it up, eat it. Throw the pips away and just walk away. I don't even remember. So no memory got created. I just ate it. I ate it without intentions. I ate it because it is just there. I am not after it. I am not hungry that I want to eat. It just happened. When an action which happens without motivation, without any intent and it's a natural action, such an action doesn't constitute any karma. In the entire Bhagavad Gita, this is mentioned over there. Actions which are not motivated, 
they are to be performed only for the purpose of why you are there naturally occurring actions ask a writer you know there are writers there are authors what do they do they write something the painter paints the sculptor sculpts the cobbler does repairs the shoes and all the farmer works in the field think what they are doing are is the farmer intentionally doing something he is a farmer he is supposed to do farming in his world it is a naturally occurring act just like a bird is looking for the prey it is looking for whatever it is required to eat this farmer is doing the actions naturally because it is motivated by his body ha huh? the body has two things no one is called karma and one is the tendency of the body ha huh? that body is programmed for just doing farming so the farmer is doing his job likewise the cobbler is doing his job ha huh? in the same way a writer an author is writing the books he is doing his job a painter is painting think about what i'm saying if that particular individual is doing what they are supposed to they are born to do if somebody is born to do a certain action and they are performing it and they are performing it as a natural action from the body that is called swa dharma swa dharma means my dharma my work which i am supposed to do the work for which i am born to do you are born on this planet earth for a purpose i am serving my purpose swadharma is serving the purpose when you do your swadharma you are just serving the purpose so the farmer is serving the purpose of farming no action will accrue because he is doing it is born for that a butcher is killing animals but he is born for doing that action so he is not performing any karma karma means futuristic what is called prarabdha is what is his action which he is doing but additional karma doesn't accrue a painter is painting he is just performing the action now i will put a rider in between the moment a person thinks of motivation you know how the motivation comes in the motivation comes in a very unique manner the motivation says you have to do this action because you have to make money so you are bothered about something the moment you are focused on the end result karma happens but if it is naturally happening 
without any intentions that I have to make money or I have to do this or I have to do that, then it's a natural action. Without intentions, it's a natural action. But if there is an intention, there is an idea, I have to do this because I have to feed my family, I have to earn my living, I have to make money, it's a motivated action. What comes to you naturally? So I have explained to you the entire idea about how actions happen with the senses, with the mind at play. It's a deeper study. So where is the mind? Mind is all over the place. Not only in here. It is here, it's here, it's in the hands everywhere. Because it gives you certain actions. Remember that mind is the place where action begins. Apple, my hand was involved. Correct? My mouth was involved. Action. My eye was involved in seeing that object. Hmm? So all these combining the senses with the mind. Mind comes into play. Motivated action may happen. Motivated action happens. Karma happens. So I have given you the complete flow of how this works. Material bodies are constantly undergoing creation and destruction. Uh, sorry, uh, I, will, I, will, I will do the verse once again. Just read it. Because the mind which is the resting place of the senses has created the identification with the new body. You identify yourself. I am eating. I am drinking. I am sleeping. The I has come into play. Mind creates the I by the way. You take onus of an action. When you take onus of an action, I am working for my family. Karma. You don't have to say that. There are lots of people who may do certain actions and they will say, Oh, that was nothing. Because I just donated some hundred dollars for some cause. The moment you said these words, it created an action. But if you have just given the money and not thought about it, not even said to anybody, then it becomes Nishkam Karma. No karma gets attached to it. But the moment you insist, I gave so much money. It is a motivated action. Motivated action comprises of karma. Alright? So when you identify with I, the new body that you have, the threefold material variety of high, middle and low class appears. What does the I tell you? You know, in when I was standing in a temple in India, there was somebody who was carrying so many offerings. That person must have given thousands of rupees to be offered to the God over there. And then the temple priest comes in and takes him inside through the back door. So you, you are standing in the queue over there and you say, Oh my God, this person has paid money to go inside. Isn't that what you say? Or another thing which happens is the teacher in class is very pally with one student and she will give questions to that student only. Oh, these are going to, you just prepare for these questions for the examination. So is she partial to that student? 100%. Like there is a parent 
and there are two three children and the parent is very partial to one child see now think what i said does it create a class definitely it creates a class a high class a middle class and a low class so if there are three children the one who is getting everything will be called high class there is another one who doesn't get anything at all will consider himself low class and there is a middle one who gets sometimes sometimes not both the ways that person you will say middle class even in the airlines when you are flying you definitely have those classes no at that point don't you see suppose you are passing through that first class you see all those people sitting over there you know in the big fancy seats and the air hostess comes and draws the curtain and you wonder you know oh this person is getting this to eat that person is getting that oh he is getting good food they can order from a menu here i am sitting in my cramped seat you know those who have flown all the indian indigos and all those airlines and those who have flown delta or those who have flown united definitely talk about that you know cattle class we call it cattle class you know the one which comes behind you know how cramped you are in the seat and the air hostess or whoever that is doesn't even give a damn about you at that point don't you think i wish i could sit in that first class i will get a big fancy seat over there and the air hostess will come and serve me all those things i wish i would have flown some other airline so you have created a class isn't it you doesn't mean you the world has created a class so there is always a high class there is a middle class and there is a low class ha huh? who has created the mind absolutely the mind has created in your in your own mind you are thinking oh my god oh he is very very good and you may say you know in spirituality is there a class the guru will say you know the guru says you know what everybody is equal to me ha huh? he says everybody is in the same category everybody is equal to me but you ask somebody who has just come in somebody who is from <laughs> you know the person oh she or this person is the favorite you will find this one is always pandering and this happens the mind has created the class in god's eyes there is no class by the way okay yet we think oh god is favorable to that person there is a class which got created in the mind i hope you understand how class comes into effect this class is very very important chitti there is too much of noise can we just sit it does not matter we create this kind of classes in our own mind and this class is terrible we feel deprived sometimes 
we feel that there is somebody who gets every time and there is somebody who gets some time whether it is money power or whatever beauty also you know there is a very handsome or a beautiful looking handsome man or a beautiful looking woman and you are a mediocre or maybe not a good looking person oh she is so beautiful he is so handsome i am dark i am not good looking i have a paunch hmm? see so much of fat all over the place this is how we describe ourselves but we look at another person and say oh privileged person we look at that oh nice body and you consider that person as a high class and there are people who have dad bods you know dad bods i'm sure you know <laughs> after you become a dad you have some little pots and all that stuff they call dad bods they don't say mom bods for that matter but they should <laughs> so think about it the dad bods that person will say i have very little pots you know i don't have too much so there is a high class there is a middle class and there is a lower class and the mind has already created it whether you like it or not it's an inevitable thing in every aspect of our life we have already created that okay those who have iphone will say i have the best phone in the world see and then there is they will look down on samsung oh huh. samsung I just imagine somebody has a very you know a make do phone. <laughs> Not a good phone. Somebody is you know driving a Ferrari or <laughs> very fancy car. Oh, driving a Ferrari, He's driving a BMW 7 series. I have only a Prius. Prius is not so great. why we create in our minds three categories and these three categories creates karma by the way because the guy who is in the lower category is always think this person has got who oh, is got a fancy car the person who is below is always feeling bad i didn't get anything isn't it we are always talking like this every now and then so i hope you understood how this creates now how does it affect the soul the person believes that the soul is involved in it you see constantly i was saying god is being very unkind with me he has made these distinctions this idea that god has not given me anything or god has given that person everything is a creation which sticks to the soul our mind's creation we start believing that person is privileged i am not god is kind to him god is unkind to me but let me tell you this much god is not bothered about kind or unkind or rich or poor nothing he is not bothered 
I hope you understand that. But mind says otherwise. Mind makes distinctions. Thus the self creates external and internal duality. So did you understand how you create, there is an external duality and an internal one. Two separations are there. Very rich, I am poor. Very good looking, I am bad looking. Very nice and nice body, uh, like that. So when you create these distinctions, there is duality in this world. And that is the reason why, just as a man might give birth to a bad son, the mind creates this kind of illness in you. Illness means the kind of a feeling that says, oh, I didn't get anything. You know, man has this habit of saying, I work so hard. I put in so much of effort. I have worked throughout my life. I have sweated. I have done so many things. And yet, I haven't got anything. You ask the world, everybody around you, they will say these words. They will say, I have really worked very hard and still I am not given my due. The question arises in the mind of 99% of the people, why is it that I was denied? If it is marriage, why is it that I was denied a very good man or a woman? If it is money, why is it that I am denied the money? If it is position in life, why is it that I am denied that? This is a question everybody asks. And then they say, God, you are being very unfair. This unfairness, this denial which you feel is not right at all, who has created it? You think God is involved in this? No. Actions, God is not at all involved. You created the karma. You have to pay for it. You are responsible for whatever action that you have done. So in this life, if you don't have any money, if you don't have happiness, if you have only sadness, remember that is a payback from some life of yours. Sometimes a person may work right till the end of life and they don't get any recognition, no money whatsoever. Have you not heard of people who do not even get money during their entire lifetime? I have given you numerous stories. There are musicians who have written beautiful pieces of music and they were paupers. But after they died, their music became very famous. Somebody else is getting the money for that. There are painters who have painted their entire life and have died. Absolutely penniless. Somebody else has got money because of that. And posthumously, after their death, they have become very famous. There are people 
who win prizes after they are dead and gone the monies go towards their foundation somewhere there is a foundation somebody has created and that person gets it you will say it's highly unfair everything is dependent on the karma it is how you have performed in your past lives <coughs> i hope you understand your poverty your sadness your actions are contributing towards it past actions have created this thing which you are currently undergoing in this life if you have become very rich it is because of some past action so you will say this is all bullshit it's not correct past action do i remember you yourself said no you don't remember any of your past actions my answer to you is only this repayment you did some action you better repay for that ha eh? so if you have done good you will get something good out of it isn't it if you have done something wrong definitely you are going to go into the gutters <laughs> so you know the reason why jesus christ or buddha or anybody for that matter who teaches spirituality what do they say be kind compassionate loving caring isn't that all the words that they say so that you don't create bad karma you know that is what they are talking about so in the future life you will become somebody nice i will not go beyond this verse so let me explain one more object when the person says when jesus christ says that you be nice and righteous what is the meaning of this word nice righteous kind compassionate loving what does it all what do what do all these words mean why is he not saying that you have to be the greatest villain on earth everybody is trying to go towards richness everybody wants to be happy isn't it everybody wants to be contented everybody wants to look beautiful we are all aiming for that everybody in this world by the way every spiritual class is going to give you this nonsense happiness class okay they will say you learn spirituality you will be happy you learn spirituality because you want peace of mind if there is any spiritual class which can give you happiness or peace of mind that is all nonsense you know the reason why the highest of the spiritualist the highest of the spiritualist remember this were they happy ha huh? did they enjoy their life of peace and all that look at jesus christ he is the highest spiritualist do you agree with me he is the highest spiritualist you think jesus christ was enjoying a glass of wine everywhere he was going around with four five girls around what nonsense is that but was he happy 
the idea about happiness connected to spirituality is all bakwas, all nonsense. None of the spiritualists are talking about happiness. These are great ones, huh, by the way. I'm not talking about the mediocre or the stupid ones who keep on telling you, you should go for happiness class, you should find peace. Jesus Christ was constantly, you know, he somebody was after him. The Jews were after him. The Romans were after him. Everybody was after him. Correct? Similarly, Buddha. I'm sure, you know, if you, those who have read my blogs will remember, Buddha was the most persecuted person. You know why? There was never peace in his land. The king who was ruling over there was murdered by his son. And the king took one of the students of Buddha and in collaboration with him, they murdered Buddha. So who is giving you the idea that Buddha is talking about peace? Who is telling you that Buddha was always in a state of happiness? The idea was when you don't have a mind, it doesn't matter. You see, Jesus Christ was going on the cross, mind, no mind state. The idea about spirituality has nothing to do with happiness. It has nothing to do with richness. It has nothing to do with peace. This is the misconception that is spread all over the world saying that spirituality is all about peace, all about happiness. Buddha was never happy. Buddha was not at peace in the, spirit, in the material world. Okay, Neither was Jesus Christ. And neither is Krishna. Imagine handling 16,108 wives. Happiness. Okay, the person who is looking at Krishna and says, Oh, he's got 16,000 wives. Must be very happy. To handle one wife is difficult to handle 16,000 wives. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a very dangerous thing. And then on top of it, he had to run from one place to another. Why? Enemies were after him. And how did he die? He died with somebody, you know, pointing an arrow at him. What happiness are you talking about? <laughs> no happiness. And now it's another great character from our mythology that is Sri Ram. Now imagine Sri Ram, happy, peaceful, contented. I mean, think about it. If you, you know, say that Ram was happy, peaceful, contented, all those terms. I think you are talking about some wrong bird. Okay? <laughs> because Ram, he was 14 years trying to locate his wife, fight the devil and get her back. After he gets her back, you know what happened? Some idiot somewhere was saying something, so he had to send his wife to the jungles. Okay? This guy is sitting alone over here, this God. God. is sitting there on the throne. His wife is somewhere in the jungles. You think he's happy? You think he's, oh, I am peaceful. What peace are we talking about? There's no peace. There's no happiness. Spirituality has nothing to do with this. Spirituality has everything to do with becoming the spirit, the free spirit. It has everything to do destroying the mind. 
When you say destroying the mind, does it mean that you don't perform action? Yes, you perform actions because your body demands so. You have to eat, you have to sleep, you have to drink, you have to breathe. Actions have to be performed, but without performing any karma. So, action should be natural. Now I will tell you how Jesus Christ or Buddha achieved it. They were not thinking about it. Remember the words of Jesus Christ? You know what he said? He is talking to his father in heaven and telling him, this is what I am supposed to do. And I will gladly accept it. And then he says, about those people who had put him on the cross, he says, to forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. That is the greatness of a person. Now comes the word kind, compassionate, loving, caring. Jesus Christ, still on the cross, is not giving, you know, bad words to those fellows who are, I will show you, let me come back in my next life. Imagine Jesus Christ talking like this. He is not saying any of those words. On the contrary, he is being very nice and kind. So I hope you understood spirituality is nothing to do with the peace and the happiness and all that. It has everything to do with getting your mind silenced. Doing nothing with it. No intentions involved. Actions perform naturally. That is what spirituality is all about. So I will stop over here. I will just give you a small recap of what we have done today. A man is born, performs actions, but he doesn't remember how they are connected to their last life. If he was remembering them, then there could be a problem. So, this life has karma which is supposed to be executed then. It is called prarabdha. Past life karmas, nobody remembers. So, you come in this world to perform actions. Actions are connected with the senses and the mind. You see, hear, touch, feel those objects. Your mind comes into play when the action has to be performed. A motivated action involves karma. This is the gist of what we have done today.